Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus' name disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona, and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. Filled with His Spirit. Yes, the Lord is here in this physical dwelling place because, again, Pastor already said where two or three are gathered, the Lord shows up. But more than that, He wants to fill us. If you've already received the word that Pastor Schrader uh, talked about for just two minutes this morning, that's my message. Acts chapter 1, but maybe I'll remind you. And give you a good reminder of what pastors already said. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. We're two weeks after Easter Sunday, the resurrection. And the resurrection is great, but there's nothing to celebrate if you don't apply the resurrection to your life. What's the point in dressing up, coming to church, if you don't apply the gospel to your life? Jesus met with his disciples, verse 4, Acts chapter 1. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence, not many days from now. Therefore, when they came, when they had come together, they asked Jesus, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Praise God. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth, or unto the end of the earth. Now when Jesus had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Amen. I just want to uh, talk to us for a few minutes this morning. I got nothing. I got nothing. I suppose it'd be uh, uh, more appropriate to say, uh, more grammatically correct to say, I do not have anything. But that just doesn't sound as good, does it? Anybody ever been in a, in a position where you just threw up your hands and said, I got nothing? Amen. It's a good place to be. Can we throw up our hands one more time? Lord, we love you. We, we invite you, Jesus, to have your way for the remainder of this service. Your presence is already here. And God, you said no man can come unto you except the Spirit draw him. Well, your presence has drawn us to you. But Lord, as your word goes forth, we are going to respond in faith with a yes in our spirit. As the word goes forth, let it find good ground to fall upon. And Lord, do your work. Fill people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Fill us with your spirit. Let us leave here changed, full of the Holy Ghost and power. Healed, restored, delivered in the mighty name of Jesus. That is your will. And Lord, we respond yes to you. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you say it loud? In Jesus' name. Praise God. You can be seated. Thank you for helping me this morning. I got nothing. Ever been in, in a pickle? <laughs> uh, maybe somebody, if you ever been in a, a position uh, where somebody was uh, talking to you and, and you just couldn't believe what the words that were coming out of their mouth and they expected you to respond, but you didn't have anything to say back, right? Uh, they, you were just in a state of shock. Maybe you were speechless, right? I got nothing. I was uh, camping with a, with a few guys um, in Virginia and we went on a three-day hiking trip and we set up our tents the first night and I'm just a city boy from Austin, Texas, and so I don't know much about country life, but I, I really enjoy the outdoors. I love Arizona. I love the mountains. And, uh, and so we were in the mountains there in Virginia, and I saw them throwing their backpacks over the tops of the trees with, uh, with ropes attached to them, hanging them high in the tree. And I questioned, what, what are you guys doing? 
They said, well, we've got food in our bags, and bears have a, uh, a great sense of smell, and uh, we don't want to get eaten by bears, so we're going to put our backpacks in the trees while we go to sleep at night. I said, okay, well, I don't really want to get eaten by a bear either. So I had a little makeshift string, you know, and so I attached mine and threw my backpack up over a tree. Uh, I didn't hang it high enough. And uh, as I went to sleep, my tent was probably about, oh, from, from the pulpit to the wall, uh, to the tree. My tent, and there's the tree with my backpack. I'm just about to fall asleep, and I hear a thud. And I said, you know what? That sounds like my backpack. <laughs> and I was so scared. My heart was beating so fast as I felt like it was going to beat out of my chest. I'm, I'm wide awake now. I know there's a bear that's got my back. And so uh, I shout to the guys in the other tents. and uh, said, guys, did you hear that? That bear's got my back. <laughs> so... One of them stuck his head out of the tent because he had a clear view of the tree. He said, yep, that bear's got your back. Well, the bear um, was just clawing his way through my bag, trying to find some, some sustenance. And um, uh, this guy who stuck his head out of the tent, he actually had a gun. And so he starts rattling pots and pans, trying to scare the bear away. And the bear runs away, but he runs away with my backpack. So he gets out of the tent and starts following the bear. Well, since he's got the gun, I say, well, I guess it's all right to follow him. And uh, we see the bear and he's got the bag and he stops about 30 yards away. He keeps uh, ripping into my bag. He, he took my chapstick. He, uh, he took half of my rations. And, uh, and by the time we scared the bear away, uh, he had claw marks all through my water bag and everything. I was in a position, though, where I didn't know what to do. I got nothing, right? <laughs> uh, growing up, my mom tells me we met our neighbors in a, uh, in a strange way. She said, now, I don't know how this, is, how this happens, but those of you who have kids, I guess you'll, you will know. I don't have kids. My wife is not here today, by the way, uh, but she will be with us uh, shortly. Looking forward to her being back this week. But um, anyway, my mom says, we met our neighbors. I was two years old. And I said, Mom, there's no way I was two years old. She said, yeah, you were. Well, one morning they got up. They were looking for me in the house. They couldn't find me. It wasn't in my bed. It wasn't in the kitchen. Nowhere to be found. Mom starts to panic. And about then she hears a knock on the door, rushes to the door. There's a man holding me. And I'm in my diapers. And, she, and uh, you know, she rips me out of his hand. Said, what are you doing with my child? He says, this is your child? She said, yes. He said, well, he was in my kitchen this morning <laughs> looking for cereal. <laughs> well, mom, look, if you, as long as you have cereal in our house, I don't have to raid the neighbor's house, right? We probably had something nasty like grape nuts or something. Any grape nuts fans in here? We didn't have Lucky Charms. We didn't have the good stuff, right? We just had the Mom, if you just have, if you just stock, you know, our pantry, I wouldn't have to raid the neighbor's house. But that's how we met our neighbors. We got nothing. It's not such a bad thing to have nothing. John, the forerunner to Christ, the prophet that cried out in the wilderness, he preached the message to prepare the way for Christ, and his message was one of repentance. And what he said is, I must decrease, he must increase. If we're increased, God is not interested in that because he said, I don't share my glory with another. So if you can handle life on your own and you're big and bad and bold enough to take all the credit and all the glory, then I'll leave you alone and I'll look for somebody who says, I got nothing. I don't know about you. Maybe I, I do know about you because I know you're human like me, that uh, you, you're limited. That, that it, it, There comes a time where you just don't have the answers anymore. This is the same position uh, that the disciples were in when they asked Jesus, uh, will you restore the kingdom to Israel at this time? Certainly now has got to be the time. Uh, certainly, Jesus, we've had enough of the, the uneasiness, the, 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 the restlessness. Can you imagine the position the disciples were in? Where their Savior, uh, who they thought was come to bring the kingdom to earth, but then he goes and is crucified on a cross 
and their world is turned upside down. Can you imagine the position the disciples are in right now? And Jesus resurrects from the dead. I mean, a flood of emotions. They can't even, uh, they can't even have their sense of, uh, of burial. They can't grasp what's happening. He's with them 40 days. He's doing more miracles in that time. And certainly now, Jesus, this is a time for you to restore the kingdom to Israel. This is when you lift us up. <laughs> right, Jesus? You know what their question is? What happens now, Jesus? Now what? Because we got nothing. We want things to go our way, though. We've had enough of confusion here lately. We desire a, a little bit more stability. We desire things to start working out in our favor. Yes. <laughs> Is, isn't that like uh, humans? Fast forward a couple thousand years and nothing's changed. Nothing has changed in our world. Still asking the same questions. God, when, when can we have our, uh, our stability back? God, uh, when can we have our influence back? When can, when can we have our money back? God, what's the end goal here? Uh, it seems like inflation. You know, it, it just, prices keep rising. And uh, can, I get, can I have my country back? Can I have my comforts back? Can I have what I'm used to back? Nothing's changed. The flesh still wants what the flesh wants. But I, 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 the Lord spoke to me this morning and said, you know what? What needs to be accomplished cannot be accomplished in the flesh. What needs to be accomplished in your life, I'm telling you, if you want to take the next step, if you want to go to the next level in God, it's not going to happen with your own mind, with your own strength, with your own ability. The only way it's going to happen is that you're filled with the power of God. That's it. Jesus said, I'm going to give you an answer. Perhaps it's not the answer that you're looking for. He said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power or in his own authority. You know what Jesus is telling them? He said, you're on a need-to-know basis, and guess what? You don't need to know. Oh, we don't like that. Something rises up in the pride of human flesh that says, I need to know the answers and I need to know them now, God. I need to know the next step, God. Seems like my world's falling apart, God. I need stability here. It's in the pride of humanity that raises their fists against God, says, demanding an answer. Give me an answer, Lord. <laughs> oh, but God said, it's not for you to know what I put in my own authority. It's for me to know and you to find out. And the only way you're going to find out is if you're filled with me. <laughs> Come on, somebody. The only way you're going to get what you need is to, be, is to, to receive me, to receive my spirit, to less of you, more of me. You must decrease so that I can increase. What now, God? What happens next? Can we finally uh, be done with uh, the news of war and rumors of wars? Can we finally be done with the news of pestilence and sickness and disease and, and COVID? Can we finally be done with all that? I, I just want my own comforts and pleasures back. I just want to continue to live my life and, and build barns and bigger barns and store my grain and store and, and look at and, and pad my 401k and make sure that I'm good, make sure my family's good, God. I need you to give me more stability. But the Lord said, it's not for you to know what happens tomorrow. You're going to be filled with power. If you lift up your hands and you surrender your life to me, you're going to be filled with everything that you need right now. If you bring me into the room, you've got everything that you need. Can we lift up our hands and say, Lord, uh, fill me with you. Uh, come on, everybody across this building. I know it's your heart's desire. You want what God has for you. Would you say, God, fill me with you. Uh, less of me and more of you, Jesus. Uh, I want to be spirit-filled. Uh, I want to be filled with your wisdom and with your power. Hallelujah. Who knows the answers? Look, if you read the news, if you look at headlines, there are a lot of people who think they know the answer. There are a lot of self-appointed experts out there. There are a lot of people that will give you their opinion and say, this is what's going to happen. But my God, nobody knows except him. Only God knows is not a cliche. It's reality. And this is a position, this is the great mercy of God that has positioned us in such a time as this, where things are shaking in this world. And this is just the beginning of sorrows. We've not seen anything yet. Things are shaking in this world. Why? The book of Hebrews tells us at the end of chapter 11, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. 
Why? So that the things which cannot be shaken will remain. God is looking for people of faith who have an undeniable faith that no matter what I see, no matter what I hear, I'm focusing my attention on you. I believe your word, God. I believe your report. I don't care what else comes my way. I believe you, Jesus. I trust you. Come on, that's the firm foundation that we stand upon. It's a solid rock of Jesus Christ. Nothing else will do. My God, I'm talking to some people right now. You feel like I got nothing. I don't have answers. Oh, you put on a smile on Sunday morning. And the thing about human flesh is we're stubborn. We're stubborn. You know, we, may have, we may have had a bad day yesterday. We may have had a bad couple of weeks. We may have had a bad year. But there's always a new day. And we wake up and uh, you know what? Sometimes it, and because of the mercy of God, sometimes, well, well, you know, can't be that bad. And we're stubborn. Instead of surrendering our lives to God and doing what we know we need to do, we put it off another day and another day. We can all put on our smiles this morning, but I'm talking to somebody who feels like you've got nothing. God wants to fill you with his spirit. I don't care if you've been in the church all your life. God wants to fill you with his spirit. I'm talking about every one of us need to be filled with the Spirit of God. The only thing that will do is the Spirit of God. God wants to let you know today, the only way that you're going to have any idea of what God is up to is if you're filled with Him. The Lord smote me one day and said, stop asking for what you think you need. Stop asking for, God, I need this. I need, I need power today. God, I need you to put my family back together. God, I've got a wayward child. Lord, I, I need him to come home. We have a list of things we need God to do for us, don't we? Again, nothing's changed. And this is human nature. This is reality. God, I need you to do such and such. And we treat God as if he's a buffet line, like we're going to Golden Corral, you know. I think I'll have the macaroni and cheese today, but I don't know about that steak. I don't want that. I think I'll have some of this today. I'll, t I'll take a little of that bread, but no, nah, I don't need that. No. Nah. And we treat, I'll say, I'll have this. I'm not interested in obeying you, God, like you. I'm not interested in taking that next step of obedience, but I do want you to fix my family. God said, you want me to fix your family? Understand, when you lift your hands and surrender to me, when you do it my way and you're filled with me, when I come into the room, I bring absolutely everything that you need. I don't just bring what you think you need today, right now. I bring everything that you need, even what you think you don't need. I bring it. When you welcome me into the room, I bring everything. Would you stop asking God for your list of needs? And why don't you lift up your hands and say, Lord, just fill me with you. I empty myself of my pride and my arrogance. I repent. Lord, less of me. I need to be filled with you. Can we lift up our hands right now and say, God, enough of the questions, enough of the demands, enough of, uh, of what I want and what I think I need. I just need you. I just need to be filled with you. I shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon Hallelujah. Because all the while we feel like if God would just let us in on a little secret, if God would just uh, reveal a little bit to us. But God is saying, it's not for you to know. Hallelujah. But this is what's going to turn the light on for you when you're filled with my presence. You see what the Holy Ghost does is the Holy Ghost is a helper. It's a teacher. It's a reminder. Jesus said in John 14, 26. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Does anybody know his name? Hallelujah. Jesus, whom, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You know what Jesus is saying? If you get filled up with my spirit, I'm going to be a helper, a teacher, a reminder. In times of trouble, when you don't know what to do, if you're filled with me, you've got everything you need. Oh, God, if you need a teacher, I'm going to be your teacher. If you need a reminder, I'm going to be your reminder. But you got to be filled with me. You can't be filled with yourself or you're going to miss it. The Holy Spirit is a source of revelation and wisdom and power. As Scripture said, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. How many want to go deeper in God?
Deep is calling unto deep. The Spirit of God is calling unto your spirit. He's been talking to you, ma'am. He's been talking to you, sir. It's time for you to step out. It's time for you to go deeper in God. You've been staying where you're at, and you're just hoping that God would conform to what you want. But I'm telling you, that's not the way it works. If you'll conform to the Word of God, I'm telling you, He's got everything that you need. He said, the Scripture said, who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, nobody knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tells us. uh, Amen. John chapter 16 verse 3, Jesus said, the Holy Ghost guides us to all truth, including the knowledge of what is to come. If you want to know what's to come, get off YouTube Quit looking at the next latest and greatest man. It's got the, he's got the revelatory word. You better quit putting your stock in what somebody else says. You better get on your knees and be filled with the power of God. The only way you're going to know what is to come is if you're filled with the Spirit of God. There is no other way. Jesus. Jesus said when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. You know what that means? If we're not filled with the Spirit of God, we will be deceived in these last days. We're going to miss all truth if we're not filled with Him. How many want to be filled with God today? I want to be filled with his spirit. Uh, Amen. He's come to let somebody know today there's only one way to step into clarity and purpose that you've been looking for. It's to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's not such a bad thing to have... Nothing. (laughs) It's not such a bad thing to be broke. What we need, as I said, cannot be obtained in our own physical strength anyway. You know, the more you have, the more you got to get rid of. Am I not right? The older you get, too, and my parents are going through it, too. They're, clear, they're cleaning house, right? And they're asking my brother and me, hey, you guys want this? We don't want any of it because we know. Look, it sits there in the garage. We don't need any. The more you have, the more you're going to have to get rid of. It's the same with coming to God. The more you come in your own strength and your own uh, wisdom and your own knowledge, the more you're going to have to surrender to God. So it's not such a bad thing to be broke not such a bad thing to be empty already because <laughs> if you're empty God's going to fill you but if you're full of yourself you got to empty yourself first before you're going to be filled with the power of God when I'm down to nothing when I don't know what to do God shows up in a way I've never experienced before God wants to, he's come to talk to somebody today. He said, you're the apple of my eye. You're my prized possession. You're the reason why I died, was buried, and rose again. Uh, come on, he said, I've been looking for you. I showed up for you today to commune with you. Uh, he is able, he is well able, he is fully capable to make up for what you lack. Uh, he can make up the difference in your life, uh, what you do not have uh, and could never come up with on your own. Uh, he's able to make a way when there is no way. Glory to God, the Israelites couldn't make a way. They were between Pharaoh uh, on their back and a Red Sea in front of them, and they had no idea what to do. And the Lord said, Moses, stretch out your hand. Stretch your rod over the water. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You know what Moses said, God? I ain't got nothing. He said, yeah, you do. He said, you got what I need. Surrender. Listen to my word. Obey my word, Moses. I'm about to make a way where there is no way. I'm about to make up the difference. Glory to God. The disciples had nothing. Mark chapter 6. There's 5,000 people plus women and children. And the disciples had nothing. And they, they told Jesus, send these people away so they can get something to eat. You know what Jesus said? He said, you feed them. You know what the disciples said? With what? You know what they did? Uh... One of them spoke up and said, it's going to take six months of work and wages to feed all of these people. And Jesus said, what do you have? You know what he said? Go and find out. Well, the answer is I ain't got nothing. 
But there's a little kid with a sack lunch. Isn't it so bad when you're so broke that you got to borrow? That's terrible, ain't it? I got to borrow for some little kid. Hey, kid, give me your lunch. (laughs) Two fish and five loaves of bread. We ain't got nothing, but this, this kid is willing to be used by you. He's willing to let us borrow something. And God shows up when you're down to nothing. And this little kid said, I'm not going to let you go empty handed. I'll give you what I got. God is calling it out of us today. What we lack, he more than makes up for. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. Come on. He cannot show himself strong as long as we're strong. But when we decrease, he is able to increase in our lives. He is magnified when we recognize our frailty. That's why he, he looked at the religious leaders of that day who said, no, I'm good. I don't need nothing from you. And he said, well, I didn't come from you, for you anyway. I didn't come for those that were righteous. I didn't come for those that were well. I came for the sick. If you're willing to admit you're sick, if you're willing to admit you're broken, if you're willing to admit that you lack, I ain't got nothing, God. I'm telling you, that's a perfect position to be in. God shows up when you've got nothing. Somebody lift up your hands and tell God, I ain't got nothing right now. Oh, I don't have the answers, Lord. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not relying on my own wisdom and power and strength anymore. I really need you, God. I surrender to you right now. I surrender to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. God, I surrender to you today. I'm not surrendering my faith, but in fact, I'm surrendering my pride. I'm not surrendering my belief in you, God, but in fact, I'm surrendering my resistance. Come on, I'm not surrendering my faith, but I'm surrendering my stubbornness and my fear and my pride and my sinfulness. I surrender to you today, God. Oh, such a terrible position to be in when you got to borrow. Not so much. God takes glory in borrowed things. God uses borrowed things, things that we don't own, things that we got to borrow. God uses borrowed vessels, borrowed sack lunches. He, he, he borrowed an inn. Yes, sir. Hey, no, no, no place to be born. I, I, let me just borrow an inn. Yes. Jesus said, I don't have, a, the foxes have holes, the birds have nests, but I don't have a place to lay my head. Mm-hmm. And when he died, I'm just going to have to borrow a tomb. I don't even have my own tomb. It's all right to borrow a tomb because you're going to resurrect anyway. You can give it back. Hallelujah. He's looking for some borrowed things today because Jesus is glorified in borrowed things. Maybe you, you can borrow from somebody else today. Maybe you feel like you don't have any faith today. Maybe you can borrow from somebody who's been there, who knows that God is a redeemer and a restorer and that he can fill you with his power. Come on. In something borrowed lies opportunity. Uh, it's a borrowed boat that Jesus uses when he's talking to the crowd and Peter and the fishermen are cleaning their nets and Jesus jumps in the boat and says, Peter, let me borrow your boat. Let me borrow your empty vessel. If you let me borrow it, Peter, I'm about to work a miracle that you've never seen before. Oh, God. If you let God, uh, come on, in your borrowed vessel, he's going to make a way where there is no way. Jesus, uh, I've got nothing, Lord. Great, because if you got nothing, that means you've got nothing to lose. Oh. You see, our problem is, is it's, it's the risk factor. It's I'm not going to step out by faith because what am I going to look like in front of other people? Man, that's too much risk. I don't want to look broken. I don't want to look sick. I, I still want to, you know, put on my game face in front of everybody else. I don't want anybody else to know that I need God. You see, because we got too much, so we can't afford to lose it. Oh, God, but some of us need to, to, to realize our frailty and our brokenness and get to a place and understand, God, I need you. You're my only answer. I don't have hope in and of myself. You're my only hope of salvation. When you've got nothing, that means you've got nothing to lose. When you've got nothing, Jesus can fill it up. He's looking for an empty vessel to fill. He can't fill somebody already full of themselves. That's why he said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. My God, it is a word from God. It is a blessing of God. It is a promise of God. If you hunger and you thirst after God, you're going to be filled up. 
Jesus is not talking about hungry for a snack. He's not talking about you ate lunch at 12 o'clock and you need a little 2 p.m. pick-me-up. No, that's not what he's talking about when he said, blessed are they which hunger and thirst. You know what he's talking about? Blessed are those who have a starving, who are, come on, who need a drenching of the Holy Ghost, who need a deluge of water from the living well. That's what he's talking about. Blessed are those who are so broken. Blessed are those who are so famished. Blessed are those who need me. If you need me like that, you're going to be filled up. Jesus, he wants to fill a vessel today. He wants to fill bellies. He wants to fill hearts. He wants to fill the emptiness and the void like he did in the beginning. In the very beginning of time, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord is attracted to that. He's attracted to brokenness. He's attracted to void. He's attracted to emptiness. Why? Because that's an opportunity for him to show forth him, his glory. Does anybody want God to show forth his glory in your life? Are you tired of the natural? Do you need the supernatural? He's here if you're willing to admit you're broken and empty. You're not willing to admit that, then he'll move right by you and he'll look for somebody else. But as long as you're willing to say, God, I'm void and I need you to fill me. Whew. He wants to fill bellies like he did that day. 5,000 who ate until their heart was full, until their bellies were full, until they were content. Jesus said, I'm ready to do that same thing today in Apache Junction in 2022. May 1st, I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to pour out my spirit. When you've got nothing, Jesus, he's already said, I've got nowhere. I borrowed temples. I borrowed tabernacles. I borrowed inns. I borrowed mangers. I borrowed tombs. I borrowed boats. I didn't have anything, didn't own anything. I don't have anywhere. When you've got nothing and Jesus has nowhere, that's a recipe for a miracle. He's looking to fill somebody today. I ain't got nowhere. I need to fill somebody. He's looking for another vessel that he can borrow. If you'll let God fill you up today, I'm telling you, you're going to show forth the glory of God. And when I've got nothing to lose, he's got something to fill. Like the woman in 2 Kings chapter 4, who the prophet said, what do you have? She said, nothing. Well, except this little bottle of oil. And you know what he told her to do? Go borrow. There's a blessing in the borrowing. You're so broken. But when you have no more pride and you don't care what anybody knows or how they know it, you just don't care anymore what so-and-so thinks or what so-and-so says. Then you're down to it. Go borrow. Hey, if you want to die, you can die. This lady's about to die. But if you want to live, you're going to listen to the prophet, the man of God who gives you the word of God and says, go borrow. Don't borrow a few. Borrow a lot of vessels from your neighbors. Knock on every door you can. Get as many vessels as you can. Go borrow. Because when you start to pour that oil out, it's going to fill every vessel that's empty. My God. Oh, can you lift up your hands? God, I want to be an empty vessel. God, I want to be a vessel that brings you glory. God, I want to be a vessel that brings you honor. I don't want to do it my way anymore, God. I empty myself of myself. I want you to fill me with you, God. Come on, therein lies the miracle. Therein lies the miraculous that God wants to fill you with his spirit. Come on. I'm talking to church folk. I'm talking to unchurched folk. I'm talking to people who are struggling right now. I'm talking to people your mind is racing. You've been trying to figure out the answers. Why don't you just surrender? Why don't you just tell God I need you and you alone nothing else will do God as we sang that worship chorus nothing else will do only here would you stand with me where's my help coming from today God what are you going to do to help me out with the questions that I need and God is saying just be filled with me just be filled with me. Therein lies the answer that you need. Just be filled with me. And when you're filled with me, you've got the joy of the Lord deep down. Nothing can shake you. Is somebody ready to respond to the presence of the Lord today? Is somebody ready to go further than you've ever gone in God today? Are you willing to keep on doing the same old thing? Week in, week out. Coming to church, checking it off your list, but leaving here unchanged, not filled with God's power. It was 1992. I was seven years old. I had a brother. Uh, have a brother. He's 14 months older than me. I was seven. He was eight. 30 years ago, 
my parents were on the verge of divorce. It wasn't a matter of if, it was just a matter of when they were going to get divorced. Alcohol, fighting, every night, every day, it was a mess. And there were times my brother and I would lay our head down at night crying ourselves to sleep. Some of you have been through that. You understand what I'm talking about. We were broken. But guess what? We went to church every Sunday. We went to church every Sunday. We were still broken. We went to a church where, you know, we just, we did the best that we could. It was all that we knew. We went to a church that was very traditional. You didn't clap your hands. You didn't run. You didn't shout out loud. You didn't sing. You didn't do any of that. Very traditional, very reserved. We never missed a church service, but we were so broken. There's something different about this church in Lighthouse, uh, Lighthouse United Pentecostal Church. Something different about this church. This is not a pep rally, and I've got nothing to sell you, but I'm just telling you what you already know. There's something different about this church. What is it? Can't put my finger on it. I'll tell you what it is. It's the Spirit of God is allowed to do what He wants to do in our lives. We don't box God in. We don't tell God how we're going to serve Him. We don't follow just traditions of men. I'm not saying all traditions are bad. But we don't just go off of what somebody else tells us to do. It's found in the Scripture. Everything I said to you today, you can find it in the Scripture. I didn't write it. I'm just telling you what God said. And the truth of God's Word is preached here. And that's why there's something different here. It's not just hype. It's not just emotion. When you feel those tears welling up in your eyes, that's God. And, and my mom worked with, a, with a, a lady who came to a church like this in Austin, Texas. And as a God would have it, that family only had one car. And so my mom offered to pick her up for work in the mornings. And my mom picked her up, and my mom's a morning person. She likes to talk in the morning. Does she ever like to talk? And she's trying to talk to Mindy. This is the lady's name. And Mindy wasn't much of a talker. And my mom uh, tried to get some noise going in the car. She, she turned on, uh, uh, she passed a music station, a, a gospel choir was singing, and she said, it, it sounds like they believe what they're singing. She said, I wish I went to a church like that. And Mindy said, I go to a church like that. And mom was thinking, yeah, right, you don't go to a church like that. Mindy said, we're having special services tonight. Why don't you come? Aren't you thankful for revival? Amen. And my mom said, okay. So my mom went that first night and she said, man, there's something different about this place. I love this place. So unfamiliar. She invited the whole family back the next night, my father, my brother, and me. And when we walked in the next night, it was a crazy service. People were running the aisles and shouting, and they were worshiping like we had never seen anything like that before. And to be honest, we just laughed. My mom and I were first ones in the door. We just started laughing. Was just, what is this? These people are crazy. Like some of you might be thinking today. But mom said it wasn't five minutes, and she knew, hey, they may be crazy, but they got the goods. I know what they have is real, and I want it. Mom repented of her sins. She just did what, what God told her to do. And she repented of her sins, and she was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So her sins were forgiven. They were removed. When she came up out of that water, she was speaking in an unknown tongue as the Spirit of God had filled her. Hallelujah. That is the first, that is the initial evidence that you've been filled with the Spirit of God is when you speak another language. Nobody teaches you this language. When the Spirit of God comes in, it's evidenced by what you speak forth out of your mouth. You'll speak a new tongue. God wants to fill somebody with His power today, with His Spirit. You got to get rid of your pride to lift up your hands and open up your mouth and begin to let the Lord speak through you. You got to get, you got to be empty of you. But if you want to be filled with Him, Something immediately changed in my mom. Dad said she was glowing. Dad didn't like it. He fought it. He knew something's different about her, but he couldn't fight it hard enough. He came to church. He came to church to protect mom from all the crazies. And a couple months later, God got a hold of my dad. As a preacher was preaching, he looked at my mom and said, you told him everything. And mom said, I never met that man in my life. 
man didn't know anything. You know what it was? It was the Spirit of God talking to my dad. It was the Word of God talking to him. Dad got so mad, he left the building. He ran out of the building, and the preacher chased him. <laughs> Get what you need from God today. I don't want to chase you in the parking lot. If God tells me to, I will. But I know you crazy Wild West people, you probably pack guns, so I ain't going to do it. Get what you need from God today. Don't leave this place. Don't just come in. Why, why would you waste your time? You could be at the YMCA getting exercise if you're just going to come to church and leave here the same way you came. Why are you wasting time? You're not here to waste time. You're here because the Spirit of God drew you, and you want to respond to his message. Why don't you do it today? Why don't you lay down your life today? Why don't you be filled with the Spirit of God today? Dad came back through those church doors. He came up to the altar. We call this the altar area, this front area where people uh, lose themselves and are filled with God. Dad came all the way up to this area. He, he hit his knees. I can remember it like it's yesterday, tears streaming down his face, hands lifted, and God filled him with his spirit. My dad got up and danced all over that place. He didn't care. When you're filled with the joy of the Lord, who cares what anybody else thinks? When you've been forgiven, who cares about what anybody else thinks? When you got the power of God, this is what he came to do. This is what he came to do, to fill empty vessels. Does anybody have an empty vessel you want God to fill? Would you lift up your hands right now? It's time to respond. I'm done. I'm done, but I'm inviting you to this altar area with every eye closed, with every hand lifted. I'm going to ask you, if you're done with your way and you want God's way, would you come? I'm going to ask you to get a little bit uncomfortable and step out of your pew, step out of the chair that you're in. Why don't you come? Come on, the power of God is here. Don't be afraid. With every hand lifted, every eye closed. Come on, make your decision today. It's a choice that we make. Glory to God. He wants to fill empty vessels today. Hallelujah. Come on, there's more. Freedom. Come on, everybody's responding. Everybody. From the past, the chains, and the lies. Oh, I repent of my sins. I, I, I decrease. God. I want you to be glorified in my life. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me, God. Don't overflow. My hands are lifted. My heart is surrendered. I'm talking to you right now, God. You're my everything. I want what you have for me. Fill me with your presence. Come on, young people, old people, everybody in the building. Be filled with the Spirit of God.
was desperate for freedom from the past, the chains, and the lies. Feel like you've wasted so much time. Wanna move ahead, but you're still lasting.
anybody here? Desperate, anybody desperate for freedom from the past, the chains, and every Come on, seems like you've wasted a lot of time. Every time you try to move ahead, it just seems like you're last in line. For the Holy Ghost so strong in this place. Ah, oh my God, I wish we'd all just lift our hands and love the Lord right now. I feel the mighty power of the Holy Ghost.